Christy. It's great to be with you. We're on our second part of our series, Reset. And this morning we're talking about Reset and Refresh. You know, a lot of us are familiar with this symbol. Refresh. You know, sometimes you just got to empty out what's on the inside and you got to reload it with something right. Sometimes on your cell phone, you just got to turn it off and turn it back on or your computer and everything runs fine. Sometimes you have to do fancier things like clearing the cache partition. And you hope that you never have to do a master reset because then you got to restore everything and do all that. But if you've ever had to delve into the world of tech support, I think you'll agree that one of the worst experiences in life is bad tech support. So I had one of those last week. So I, was, I called tech support for DirecTV. And I was having some... Sound issues with, you know, the components talking to each other and the, you know, they have lots of cool surround sound features and they don't always work right. So I called DirecTV. You know, and the first thing I tell the, the tech support individual was, okay, I've made sure all my firmware updates are current. I've rebooted uh, my system. I've rebooted the router. I've rebooted the TV. So I just want to let you know that's where we're at. And she says, okay, I want you to reprogram your remote. I said, why do I want to reprogram the remote? It works. And she says, yes, okay, so reprogram your remote. I'm like, but I just told you it already works. I can control everything. It works just fine. Yes, so the first thing I need you to do is reprogram your remote. So now about this time, you realize it's one of those common sense is not common. So I just go, okay, I did it. It's reprogrammed and it works great. (laughs) Kid you not. Second thing she says, now I want you to reboot your system. So I didn't even bother on that one. I go, hold on. Okay, it's rebooted. And she goes, did that fix it? I was like, all right, well, thank you so much for your help. I appreciate everything that you've done for me. (laughs) And I hung up, frustrated. You know why? Because all I did was spend about an hour, you know, 40 minutes to wait on hold for that lack of informative tech support. I remember once calling T-Mobile, and I go, yeah, I got this issue with this situation, and what do you think I ought to do? And they go, hold on, let me Google it. And I said, are you serious? And they go, oh, yeah, a lot of times on Google, you can find more relevant information than the tech docs they give us. And I was like, yeah, well, I can do that. I thought you had a little insider info. You know, that's tech support. I don't know what your tech support experiences are like. When it comes to life, tech support, you really want 
good info. You want helpful info. And when your emotions and your heart and your life need a reboot, you're not just looking for some rogue idea that somebody somewhere thought, oh, this might be cool. You're like, no, but does it work? I don't know. But I read it on the Internet, so it must be true. No, you really want good info. You want reliable info. You want stuff that works. You want stuff that you can put into practice. And at the end, there's going to be a reboot. There's going to be a reset. You're going to come out the other side and you're going to go, I'm really glad I did that. Yeah, I want to be good life tech support for you this morning. So I'm going to give you two things to do. And I promise if you put these two things into practice, you will be refreshed. You say, well, I already feel refreshed. If you put these things into practice, you will be refreshed 2.0. You ready? All right, here we go. Here's number one. Refreshment comes from connecting with God. If you're a thirsty kitty cat, this little stream of water is refreshed. If you're thirsty in life, getting connected to the pipeline of God is vital in every way, shape, or form. I want you to turn over to Psalm 23. Three different ways we can connect with God... Spiritually. In Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. This is an amazing psalm. One of the most famous ones. Starting in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Did you catch it? He God refreshes my soul. Now, sometimes in life, we try and be refreshed by everything except for the thing that actually refreshes you. It's like drinking an In-N-Out shake when you're thirsty. I love In-N-Out shakes, especially Neapolitan. That's on the secret menu. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. All three flavors. But you never have an in-and-out shake and go, I feel refreshed. You might go, I feel full. You might go, the sugar content was excellent in that. I feel great. But you never feel satisfied from a thirst point of view. You go, now I need water. See, sometimes that's what we do. We're, we're trying many things. And they actually make us more thirsty. Kind of like what Augustine shared. Those teen years that he was describing. What was he doing? He's trying to satisfy his thirst and that emptiness on the inside through drugs and alcohol and relationships. And at the end of it, what did he say? I'm still thirsty. He restores my soul. We should not be surprised at that. He's our creator. We're spiritual beings. We live in a very humanistic society. We don't like to think in those 
terms, it sounds kind of like voodoo-ish, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're spiritual beings. We are. Every single one of us. We're made in the image of God. And you will never be satisfied. You will never be quenched unless you are connected to God. So how do you feel with God? You connected? You feel close? Emotionally close? Not knowledgeable of God, but emotionally close. Say, so how hard do you work at it? How much time do you put in? Is it quick two-minute prayer? You know, is it the thought for the day, the verse of the day? Is that it? It says, He restores my soul. If you're dehydrated, you do not, you know, and somebody gives you a big cold Gatorade, you don't go, I just want to sip. You like drink that whole thing. Can you imagine? We go, God, I need you so much, but I want just a minute of your time. No, we want to be connected in such a way that we're restored. It says, He restores my soul. Your relationships have their ebbs and flow. One day it's great. The next day you feel distant. How would God describe your relationship with Him? Would He say we're connected? You say we feel close. You say we, we communicate often. That's what we want. David said, He restores my soul. That doesn't happen accidentally, it only happens intentionally. We've got to make the effort. We've got to make it a focus in our life. We've got to make time in our schedule. We've got to get up earlier. It's got to be regular. Once a week is not enough to refresh. Be restored. It's got to be a regular part of who we are. You know, I love that concept of, of being refreshed because I think God knows we can relate to our need for water. We're not like camels. We don't drink once a week. I want to make sure I quench my thirst on Monday. No, we like to, to drink water every day. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God. But we must lock in on that comment. He restores my soul. Coming to church is great. But you can come to church and be totally disconnected from God. Hopefully church helps you. Hopefully hearing the word of God helps you. But if that's all you do... You're going to feel empty and alone and disconnected. He restores my soul. In Psalm 119, it says this. In verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Refreshing the soul. That means the more Bible you get, the more refreshing to the soul. You know, we're a multimedia generation, which is awesome and it's fun and it, it, it's exciting. 
It's entertaining. The only challenge with that is it really conflicts with the idea of reading the Bible. Because reading is now kind of old school. Where's the IMAX video with surround sound that hopefully isn't relying on direct TV tech support to display itself in full glory? Where's that? And we go, you know, if 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 I could just have that, then I'll be restored. And then it's like, well, we need to read our Bible. Oh, that's so boring. That's like watching a black and white video with just mono. That's what you got for me? The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. There is no substitute for the Word of God. We got to read it a lot. We got to study it a lot. We need to apply it a lot. When we have questions, write down those questions. Get them answered, not by Google. It's exciting when you learn and apply the Word of God. The Bible has good history in it, but you've got to read it as more than that. It is a manual for life. So how, how connected are you with the Word of God? How much do you know your Bible? How much is it your guide to live by? And the Scriptures that you know, are you obeying them? It's Mark Twain's famous quote, the passages in the Bible that bother me the most are the ones I understand. I think that's probably true for all of us. Our issues are usually not, I'm just not sure what to obey. It's the issue. <laughs> she liked that one. Yep, that was good. She's laughed before in one of my sermons, I know. Uh, so where are you at? With the Word of God. How useful is it in your life? How applicable is it in your life? I laughed even when I put this picture up. You know, because that's, that's a paper Bible. Some of us haven't seen those. You know, it's the same word if you look at it on your phone. The challenge with looking at it on a phone all the time is there's so many other things on the phone that can distract you. So it's not bad, but if you have trouble being distracted, I encourage you, buy a paper Bible so that you can put your phone on silent mode while you read your Bible. It will help. It will help your focus. If you've never read the Bible, if you've never studied it and tried to apply it to your life, I encourage you, talk to somebody today and say, will you please Study the Bible with me. Show me what it teaches. Show me how to live. I want to put this into practice. But you've got to take the time to read regularly on your own and put it into practice in your life. Here's the third way we connect with God. Through repentance. Great passage in Acts chapter 3. And here's what it says. Verse 19, 19, he says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing 
may come from the Lord. Repent then and turn to God that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now, first of all, understand this is a conditional statement. Well, what's the condition? Repent and turn to God. Then what's the result of that? That times of refreshing come from what? They come from the Lord. Our times of refreshing are not human produced. They're not human effort produced. No, when God sees us do our part, then He steps in and He works and does what only God can do from the inside. The times of refreshing come from the Lord. But the condition is to repent, turn to God. Repentance means to turn. Our world has confused repentance. And so you hear this frequently. You go, well, have you repented? And people will say, I feel bad for what I did. You never answered my question. That's like asking your kid, did you clean your bedroom? And they say, Dad, I love you. (laughs) Or even more sophisticated, Dad, I really want to clean my bedroom. And I feel badly that my bedroom is not clean. And a parent will see through that and go, you still haven't answered the question. Is your bedroom clean? That's the same thing with repentance. You can live your whole life feeling bad and miserable and guilty and down and discouraged about how you live and never change. Say, I feel so badly about how I live my life. That's not repentance at all. That's feeling badly about what you did. You can feel badly. You ever feel bad and somebody wants help and you're like, leave me alone. Feel miserable about who you are? That's not soft-hearted repentance. Repent then and turn to God. You know, I, I picked this picture because really this is what repentance is. Repentance is where we go, okay, I surrender. God, I need your help. Will you help me? I need you. I'm looking to you for my help. You know, think of repentance in these words, or in this form. So you go, okay, I've been living the way I want. Now, apparently, it's a quick answered prayer to say, God, make more time in my schedule. Just don't play soccer tomorrow. You know, God honors that prayer. When we turn to God, God says, all right, I'm here. I'll make time. I'll respond. And there Augustine is in ER with a broken leg. And what did he say? And I felt so at peace. Say, so how in the world can that be? Repentance brings times of refreshing from the Lord. I ask you this morning, is there anything in your life you know needs to change, but hasn't? 
You're never going to feel refreshed when you got that haunting thing you haven't told anybody about. You've told God a million times, I'm never going to do it again. I don't really need help. I feel bad. I know it's wrong. And so I don't need to talk about it. I'm just not going to do it again for the millionth and oneth time. So what is it? You see, 99% repentance is not repentance. You can't reach out your hand for God and say, I will in 99 things, but on this one part of it, no way, I'm doing it my way. You can't reach to God for that. It takes absolute trust. Absolute surrender to go, God, please give me help. I I need your help. Is there a 1% holding you back or a 10%? See, you repent and turn to God. The Bible says times of refreshing come from the Lord. I remember when I first started studying the Bible, I, I read Galatians 5, and it was so convicting, but I thought, wow, I want to obey this. But life feels like it's going to be really boring without all these sins. But oh well, I guess that's what I need to do if I want to become a Christian. Satan wants to convince each one of us that there's just something amazing we're going to miss out on if we repent and turn to God. And he is a liar and the father of lies. God says, no, you repent and turn to him. Times of refreshing come from the Lord. So that's the first thing we got to do. We got to connect, connect, connect with God. Why? Because he restores my soul. The law of the Lord revives the soul. And repentance brings times of refreshing. That's all about connecting with God. You can have a real intimate, close, emotionally close relationship with God that is amazing. And you know what happens? You get restored on the inside. And what's what's the second practical? We got to experience it yesterday. Refreshment from serving others. Here's a picture from Carousel Ranch. That was amazing to come together and work. Had some great conversations with uh, Denise and Becky, who are the directors of the program there. And, you know, our, our church family has been serving them regularly since they began their work at that location almost 12 years ago. And they were just talking, and they said, as we're about to double our services to the children and families in our community. And they said, some of it is funding. A lot of it is the work that you guys have put in that we could never have done on our own so we can accommodate more students. And I had a conversation with one of the gentlemen there, and he has a son who's involved in the program. He's a retired teacher of special education uh, from... Golden Valley, 
And he has now agreed to lead what they called a ready-to-work uh, program at Carousel Ranch. And it was a really phenomenal program. But he said, hey, I wanted to just come and, and tell you something. He said, I was amazed by your church family. He said, the camaraderie, the motivation... He said the support, and he goes, and the perseverance. It was amazing to watch. And he said, your group modeled everything that we try and teach our children who are in the ready-to-work program. He said a lot of times when you have children that have special needs, they can live life as a victim, and we want to teach them, no, you give back to the community. That life is not all about you. That you help other people. That you, that you strengthen one another. That you encourage one another. And he said, we had more than 10 of our ready-to-work students that were here just to observe what you guys do. And he said, what you modeled did so much for all those students because they got to see it lived out. And he goes, quite honestly, we get a lot of volunteer groups up here. And they said, some of them are here, but don't really want to work. He said, you guys are amazing. And he said, I just wanted to let you know, your church family is amazing. And so I wanted to pass that on to you. You know, that was cool. That was cool. And we serve for the Heart of the West. Uh, Their huge fundraiser dinner in August. Uh, the campus ministry has gone up there before, the teen ministry. So we do a number of different things. But if you've ever witnessed what they do, it's incredible. And I love being a part of something where you're serving and making a difference in lives of others, in communities, and in families. And I think that's what God had in mind when in Proverbs 11:25, he says, "The generous will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed." Remember, God wired us. We're created in His image. There's no passage that says, "He who refreshes himself will himself be refreshed." And yes, isn't that what our world teaches? If you're tired, if you're empty, you know what you need? You need a little more me time. You need more vacation. You need longer vacation. You need to focus more on yourself. And then you'll feel fulfilled. And God says, no, that's the exact opposite of what you've got to do. He says, you want to be refreshed? Help somebody. Serve somebody. Make a difference in their life. You go, yeah, but I'm tired. And God says, yeah, but if you do at the end, you're going to be fired up. There were muscles used yesterday that have not been used on a regular basis in that manner for a long time. But how did you feel when you left? Yeah, I saw a lot of people just walking around l- looking at all the projects. And you go, this looks great. 
And that's the way it is. It's just not intuitive. Oh, you're tired and empty? Okay. Make time in your schedule and serve somebody. Call somebody up on the phone. Encourage them. Yeah, but I'm busy. Yeah. So anyway, make time and serve somebody. Encourage them. Love them. Lay down your life. You say, well, I'm not sure how to help them. Then get with them and have a good talk and say, I really want to do something nice for you. What do you need? How can I help? Is there anything in your life I could do for you? And you serve and you lay down your life and you know what happens on the other side? You end up being refreshed. God doesn't go, wow, I had no idea. He goes, no, that's how I wired you. That's how it's supposed to work. You refreshed? Connect more with people. Live focused on others. How would your schedule say you live your life? Other-centered or self-centered? Remember, tech support. Trying to restore and refresh and reboot. God wired you to be refreshed when you live life focused on others. And self-centered living will make you emptier and lonelier and more tired more discouraged. So there's the two things. So how are you going to respond? What are you going to do practically to connect with God? What appointments are you going to set up today? Who are you going to get with? Who are you going to encourage? Who are you going to live for? Don't give me that answer. I'm going to really pray about it before I give you my decision. You can pray about it like right now so that when we break for fellowship, you can put your awesome hearted decision into practice. Okay? We want to reboot. We want to refresh. And we have those opportunities. But you got to push the button. God wants each one of us to, to just live life to the full, but He will never make us live life in the way that He designed us to live. He's just waiting for you to push the button. It's two things. Connect with God and live life for others. Let's put these things into practice. Let's make decisions. Make appointments. Make times. Change what you're living for. And put into practice in the fellowship today. Amen? Let's stand and close in a final song.